This podcast is part of the Michigan Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network. Go to michigansportsandentertainment.com for more great podcasts. You know what? You know what I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing real good. Uh, we are taking over the One Movie Punch podcast island. And uh, let, let me give you a, a quick preview of what that's going to sound like. secret island base bomb nobody told me about a bomb in the middle of the ocean can you hear that one podcast kingpin gets more than a vacation we uh we've taken over this island and you can't have it back so one movie punch is dead do i cut the red wire or the blue wire now one movie spouse must assemble the team. Andrew checking in. This is Garrett. Brian here. It's Keith. To face new enemies. This is Julie from How I Met Your Friends Pod. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast. Retro late fee. Massive late fee. We're watching here. And new surprises. A green, yellow, and purple wire too? This summer. Give me some sugar, baby. Comes a trailer. For cheesecake. That has absolutely no context. The periwinkle wire, the turquoise wire, the tangerine wire, the burnt sienna wire, the striped wire. How many freaking wires does this bomb have? One Movie Punch presents The Big Heads Media Takeover. Subscribe at onemoviepunch.libsyn.com or wherever you enjoy podcasts. The off-white wire, the cream wire, the eggshell wire, the heavy cream wire. Um, so, yeah, we're, uh... We're taking over the island. We're going to murder Joseph and uh, feast on his bones. So that's <laughs> that's how that's going to play out. So tune in to One Movie Punch next week, and you will hear us, I believe, Mike. Our episode is on the 3rd of July, I think. Nice. So definitely all tune in to uh, get a load of that, and uh, yeah. But other than that, you know, everything else is everything else. Everything else is going exactly the way that it always goes. We're still doing Retro Late Fee. Uh, go ahead and listen to that. Mike, Our the, here's some inside baseball for you guys. Our analytics are so weird. I don't know exactly why it happens this way, but Retro Late Fees and a lot of the other podcasts on the network too, they're just like... like kind of even throughout all the days where, um, you know, they get a certain amount of downloads and they, you know, it's sort of evenly distributed on all the days. For whatever reason, ours are lower throughout a lot of the days, but then like on release date and for some reason, like four days after the release date, giant spikes in numbers. (laughs) Oh, that's weird. I don't know why everyone has decided to listen on certain days, but... Uh, it's, a, it's a must listen. Yeah, apparently. 
But uh, yeah, kudos to you guys for uh, bunching up and all inexplicably. I, I get release day. I get that when there's a big spike on release day. I, what I don't get is the four days later thing. Huh. What's uh, what's four days later? Uh, yeah, we release on Thursday, so that's what Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's Monday. Oh, okay. Maybe that oh. makes maybe that makes sense. Everyone's going yeah, back to work. I say is it, that's that's not when uh, Retro Leafy comes out, is it? That comes out on like Tuesday, doesn't it? Yeah, that comes out Tuesday. I don't know. Then I got nothing. I'm gonna just assume that it's when you guys go back to work. So if we're getting through you, you if we're getting you through your Monday, uh, you know, you're welcome. I guess I don't know. This is a public service we provide for everyone. Yep. If anything, you should thank us. Exactly. So uh, news today. There's an interesting article in Screen Rant, which is kind of an oxymoron. No, no, no. Got him. No, we love uh, we love Screen Rant, I guess. I don't know. I've we never don't... even heard of them. We, we only do this for you. We don't care. So this is the only section of the show that is for you exclusively. Everything else is just for us. Um, but apparently in... Oh, spoilers for Toy Story 4 in case any of you care. Uh, they want to know... Can toys create life in the Toy Story universe? Toy Story universe, because apparently a toy can be whatever the hell you want it to be. Because Bonnie, the the kid that that owns the toys in Toy Story, the slave owner of the toys, um, <laughs> she creates a toy out of a plastic fork, and they want to know: Can they make babies? Basically, can they just glue stuff onto? inanimate objects make it eyes and a mouth and all that stuff and then make babies i don't know what do you think mike do you care no i i, I haven't i've seen the first movie and I, I i don't understand what the big obsession with the whole toy story franchise is i mean it's okay it's amazing the only thing i care about for i mean if you're comfortable with one of the main characters being a uh, former cocaine dealer then sure toy story why not yeah exactly <laughs> He sold you, out all his friends. I was going to say, I'll tell you what, squeal, because that apparently gets you a reduced sentence. Uh, but the you only know, can I tell you that that part, that part bothers me more than the fact that he sold like illegal drugs. Yeah. <laughs> that he I mean, t- it's like, yeah, I can see he had to make it ends meet. You know, he didn't have a lot of options, but he sold out all your friends. I mean, come on. Who does that? Seriously. You know, what a, what a turncoat. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're of course talking about Tom Hanks and his famous cocaine ring. No, uh, for the for you young kids that don't know, Tim Allen, who uh, was on for you young kids a show called Home Improvement that was centered around this area because he was from this area and got arrested. Was it the Kalamazoo Airport? I think is that what it was? Something like that. Yeah, I think he was more of a West Side person. Yeah, West Side for life. The cocaine side of the state. East Side's heroin. Yeah, you, I guess. You know, it's funny. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Mike, but uh, Carol As portrayed I, the movie Narc. Did you see that, Mark? <laughs> Remember that one? Yeah, I kind of missed parts of Narc. I definitely paid for a ticket for Narc. I think, I think the parts you saw were the beginning and the end. Yeah, the parts I saw were... Well, actually, I didn't see the beginning. The parts, oh, I, the parts okay. I saw were the previews. And then uh, the very last frame of the screen. So you missed the beginning and the middle and most of the end. Yeah. 
That one frame was worth that dollar I paid for it, though. It was actually a pretty good movie. I would have enjoyed it more if I wasn't warning if my friend had been murdered in a lobby <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah, you were probably worried that somebody put a penny in my movie meal and I had choked to death. Yeah, or uh, like another friend of mine who I will not name uh, had a diarrhea explosion in that same lobby. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, yeah. You'll have I, to I t- can't. I no. can't go into detail because I can't stop laughing the whole time I think about it. You'll have to tell me that off air. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> I'm gonna get information you guys can't get. Um, but yeah, the only thing I care about Forky is the fact that he's voiced by Tony Hale, who was on Arrested Development, which was one of the best shows to ever exist before they absolutely ruined it. Yeah, I thought the show was okay. Uh, So, now, we talked about the... Well, actually, we will talk about The Lonely Island. You guys haven't heard that yet. That's uh, July 3rd over on One Movie Punch. But we talked about the uh, the Bash Brothers experience, Lonely Island movie. Zachary Levi, who some of you might recognize as playing that that dude. Uh, what's his name? He's a kid. I'm a kid, but now I'm a superhero. And there's a bunch of demons. Shazam. Yeah, there you go. Shazam. Yeah, he played Shazam. And he's going to star in uh, the Lonely Island's Spy Guys. The Lonely Islands are are coming up uh, with a... They've written an original uh, screenplay for a movie, and they've titled it Spy Guys. And, you know, Andy Samberg, uh, Akia Schaefer, obviously, is going to be in there, and uh, Yorma as well. And Zachary Levi, I guess, is going to be the lead. Um, But there's not a lot of information about exactly what the movie is going to be other than it's going to be called Spy Guys. Um, but I don't know. Interesting to me. I, you know, I'm a fan of a lot of the stuff the Lonely Island does. Obviously, some things are better than others, but yeah. Like as far as their movies go, I thought Hot Rod was pretty bad. It was like a really bad remake of uh, Dirty Work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I liked Popstar. I thought that was pretty funny. So maybe it's evolving in the right direction because I think Hot Rod was like their earliest. Yeah, I think Hot Rod was their first, if I remember correctly. Uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm you know I'm mildly interested in this. Will this get me out to the movie theater? Probably not. You guys should either release this directly to Netflix, which I think they're going to do because they have some sort of development deal with Netflix, and and that's why they did the yeah. Uh, just just from now, I release every movie to Netflix because I already have Netflix and theater. So just save save some time. Exactly. We don't want to go to the movie theater. No one wants to go there anymore. Why would we want to go there? But uh, speaking of Netflix... If, if you have to boast about how nice your seats are, does that really a draw? Ooh, I can sit in a nice seat. Right. I have a seat in my house. I have a couch. That's more comfortable than your chairs. <laughs> hey, I can, can I lay in bed at the movie theater? I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. There's, uh, well, sometimes my floors are sticky, but uh, that's something else. Anyway, um, but speaking of Netflix movies, The Irishman, Martin Scorsese's new film... Uh, which is uh, Godfather or not Godfather? Uh, Goodfellas two, I guess. I, I mean, that when I, when I read the plot synopsis, it sort of sounds like that, like it's a Goodfellas style movie. Uh, it does not have a release date yet. Um, 
That's that, that is coming to Netflix, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. See, if Martin Scorsese will do a movie with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and put it on Netflix, there's no fucking reason alone the Island has to put a movie in theaters. Exactly. And no one has to go in theater. You know what? You can, you can save the theater the theaters for the Avengers movies and those DC movies and maybe some of the Tom Hanks uh, or not Tom Hanks Tom Cruise like action films those big like you you want a spectacle big screen things just save it for those movies and you know like release like 10 movies a year into the theater that Mike and I don't want to see anyway and release every single other film to Netflix <laughs> just give it yeah in. i mean you're not making a better movie than a martin scorsese movie so get over yourself netflix agreed yeah, uh, Alfonso Cuaron released his movie that was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture to Netflix. You can release yours. Uh, so apparently uh, he did uh, an interview on Gilbert Godfrey's Amaz- Amazing Colossal uh, podcast. Um, Henry Irwin. Scorsese did? No, uh, or, sorry. Erwin Winkler did, who's um, one of the producers. And he said that it's going. it's set for a Thanksgiving... 2019 release window whatever that means so somewhere around late november of 2019 which i i hope it comes out that soon i really want to see this movie yeah that'd be great i wish it would come out earlier i wish uh, somebody would upset the korean uh, government then they'll hack it and we'll be able to see it right away exactly let's do that korea you uh you bring great shame I don't care if it's North or South Korea who hacks it. Somebody hack it. Yeah, one I want of the to see Koreas this right now. Get on it. We know you know how to do all that hacking stuff, so do it. Uh, but anyway, so that's uh, where it's going to be. The cost of the film is estimated to be around $200 million. See, I'll never understand why a movie costs that much. It never seems like it, I mean, even or even especially with, like, Mm. It does. I don't understand how a movie costs that much. It doesn't make any sense. Unless, I mean, maybe if they're including advertising, which I don't think they are. Well, apparently, a lot of the money went to the visual effects uh, needed. Oh, to de-age them. Yeah, to de-age De Niro, Pacino, and Joe Pesci to portray younger versions of themselves in the first half of the movie. Oh wow, Joe Pesci's in this too. Yeah. I didn't even catch that part. That's, this is going to be a fun movie. Yeah. Did um? Do you know if Mark Scorsese directed it? Yes, he did. I, I'm sorry, he wrote it. Oh, uh, that I'm not sure. I know it's based on a book. Uh, I don't know who who um adapted it. I'm not sure if Scorsese did or if he had his people do it. I know he works with a few different screenwriters on a fairly regular basis, but I know it's based on a based. book. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very excited about this. Yeah, this is one of the movies that I want to see. And, and this is one, you know, we since we talk about streaming shows and streaming movies, uh, you know, obviously it's one that we'll talk about on the show whenever it comes out, hopefully around uh, around November. I would Like I said, I wish it was before. But, uh, but anyway, so that is uh, the news for today. That's all I can stomach to, to go over. Oh, no, I have another item of news. Uh, apparently, uh, famed Hollywood director Martin Scorsese said North Korea is, quote, full of punks, unquote. Yeah, that's true. I remember that interview where he said that, and he said you guys can't touch him or something like that. So, I mean, I don't know. If you 
if you want to hack the movie and release it to uh, massivelatefee at gmail.com, uh, <laughs> we will definitely do an early screening of it. So yeah, that, that yeah. would pr- I'd probably show him. I think that would put Martin Scorsese in his place. Jeez, everybody in this movie is like in their 70s, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I am... I am looking forward to it. So, you know what I would like to see? Who I would like to see in a Martin Scorsese movie, and he kind of was for like five seconds in Goodfellas. Samuel Jackson. That'd be fun. Oh yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Just just put him in there. I mean, he was like you know obviously not as famous when he played Sax in uh, Goodfellas, mm-hmm. but quickly was in every single movie ever after that. So yeah. I mean, just put him in there. I love Samuel Jackson. He was great in Pulp Fiction. He was great in uh, Jackie Brown. He's good at playing gangster type characters. Just put them in there. Yeah, I agree. North Korea. Uh, <laughs> Martin Scorsese says that uh, Samuel L. Jackson loves you, but he's never going to put him in a film. Why don't you uh, hack him and extort him to, to put him in a movie? Uh, I don't know. North Korea, do all the dirty work for us, please. Um, so now, educating Mike this week. Oh, uh, there's one other thing, too. Uh, my phone is not on because people won't, hardly newsworthy. Yeah, well, people won't stop texting me or calling me or asking for things, especially when we're doing the podcast. And I got sick of hearing that beeping sound, so the phone's off. So I got to go to um, I have to go to Twitter for a second because I have a, a surprise for you later, Mike. Um, oh, did you contact a famous celebrity? I did. <laughs> Oh no! I, I just, just, uh, you know, just for shits and giggles, I guess I, um, I uh, resurrected it. But first, I'm, I'm going to go to educating Mike. So, okay. I uh, there's some possible romance in the episode of Good Omens that we're talking about. One very specific, at least, at least sexual chemistry uh, romance, and one possible between the main character kind of romance stuff that is alluded to a few different times. So I decided to go to a romance movie today. Uh, So I picked From Justin to Kelly, starring Kelly Clarkston and Justin Gawarini. You mean Little Sweet from the Dr. Pepper commercials? Uh, I don't know. Was he in Dr. Pepper commercials? Yeah, he's in the Dr. Pepper commercials as Little Sweet. I, I love that character. All right, well, that's him. Um, he's a sweet one. <laughs> so, I, are you aware of this movie, Mike? Mike, you aware of this movie? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I hit the push to talk button. That's oh, okay. So, I don't know how I'm aware of like American Idol. I think it's because the Howard Stern show used to talk about it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But I know they were like, weren't they the... And speaking of Samuel Jackson, I think that Justin guy is a relative of Samuel Jackson. Oh, that's like, uh, you know, an in-law. I'm pretty sure he's like an in-law. So, yeah. Um, but I know they were like the winner and runner-up. I think Kelly Clarkson was the winner? Yeah, that's correct. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but so they did like a movie afterward. And it looked like it was a musical. So that, first of all, American Idol, I have no interest in that. Musicals, no thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, it is a musical. I know Samuel L. Jackson from what I've heard, even though he's a blood relation. I've never seen it, uh, but 
I'm going to read you the plot of it. I guess, I don't know, he had a crush on Kelly Clarkson or something. Who knows? Because um, I've never seen American Idol either. Uh, the film is set during spring break in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Texan singing waitress Kelly Taylor. That's a hell of a stretch, both in the name and the place of birth and the profession before she was on American Idol and the first name. Uh, Pennsylvanian college student Justin Bell. Uh, or no, he meets, sorry, Pennsylvania college student Justin Bell, and they fall for each other, and various romantic complications ensue. Kelly's friend Kaya falls in love with charming busboy Carlos. Kelly's other friend Alexa schemes to keep Justin and Kelly from meeting. How? They already met. Uh, Justin's friend Brandon is always getting on the wrong side of a sexy beach patrol woman. So, so, so you're going to see these other characters. Are they also from American Idol? That's my guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'll tell you in a second. Uh, and Justin's other friend, Eddie, tries to hook up with a cyber pal. <laughs> that's, how they, that's how they describe it. A cyber pal. So Alexa is played by Catherine Bayless, who, let's see, is an American actress and singer uh, who was on One Tree Hill, Gilmore Girls, and Hit the Floor... Was she on American Idol? No. Nope. Not an American Idol alumni. So Fair enough. I, I'm only going to go by the first one and say, no, most of them weren't from American Idol. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that is the entire plot summary. <laughs> a, a mercifully short plot summary. That is the entire plot summary of this uh, musical film. Let's see, the uh, opening weekend, it grossed $2 million in 2001 theaters. Its final uh, gross was just under $5 million on a budget of 12 So not great. It has a 2.7 on Metacritic and a 10% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Clarkson has stated uh, that before the film went into production, she pleaded with the creator of American Idol to be relieved from the contractual obligation to star in the film. <laughs> so that's that's a good that's a good uh, a good whatever right there. There's 16 songs in this movie. Oh my god! It's so many songs. I don't want to see a movie with 16 songs if they're all of my favorite band. Yeah, there's uh there's a, a cover of Vacation from the Go Go's. <laughs> and that's the way I like it by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Most of them seem to be original songs outside of that that I'm sure are absolutely terrible. Yeah, I mean if if your best song is uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band, you're in trouble. Here's some user reviews, or at least user review titles. The first one, one out of ten stars, I don't want to live anymore. <laughs> I only watched the first 25 minutes. It is what? inconceivable it's, to me. <laughs> it's like way too too long to give it a chance. What's oh the quickest God. what's the quickest you've ever given up on a movie? Oh, maybe maybe fifteen minutes in. What was that movie? Um Oh, what was that movie? It was one of those terrible, um, one of those terrible, like, B-grade Avengers movies, where it was like The Incredible Bulk or something like that, you know? Oh, 
Oh, I didn't know such a thing existed. Oh yeah, they make a bunch of knockoffs of those movies. Uh, my uh, my friend, the same one who diaried himself in the uh, middle of the lobby at the uh, movie sixteen, <laughs> uh, we went to go see the movie. Um, what was it called? Queen of the Damned. Yeah, it was based on Anne Rice. See, I read I read some of the book Lestat. It was okay, and I didn't read the Queen of the. Damned. But we went and we left. We left five minutes into the movie. Oh my god! Because first of all, it's like the vampire guy is just like cheerfully telling like you know this group of reporters that he's a vampire. Like, oh okay, that makes sense. Then he starts walking on the wall and see I'm like, yeah, I don't need to see this movie. And Matt agreed. And we went and saw something. Else. I mean, the mysterious person agreed, and we went and saw something else. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, here's some more titles. Oh my god! Um, unbelievable! A new low. Why God? Why? I can't believe I watched it. This is sad. These these sound like reviews of nine eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I waded through uh, blood and bone. Uh, Sixteen songs, right? Pretty decent movie. Just kidding. Despicable. Uh, so awful. I ordered the DVD. Interesting. Okay. See, I wish I wish I had uh, I wish I had enough free time to just go and put reviews for movies I don't even in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's like how how do you have that much free time? I don't know. Uh, so here not is not only do you watch the entire movie that you already know is bad, but you go on online, probably sign up for an account, review it. Come on. It takes a lot of work to honestly, yeah. it really does. That just sounds exhausting. Why? Like, yeah, do something better with your life. Don't you make a birdhouse or, or buy a bee house and uh, put it outside. That would help the environment. Exactly. The fuck are you doing? All the bees are dying. It's your fault now. Yeah, we have a bee house, do you, you piece of shit? <laughs> oh, hold on uh, for a second there. I need to uh, mention how Troll 2 wasn't that good. <laughs> uh, so here's the parent's guide from Justin to Kelly. Uh, no graphical nudity. Does that mean no drawing? What? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> no one drew any nudity in this movie. Or sex scene show in this movie. <laughs> This is a North Korean hack, I think. Uh, some women at the beach are shown wearing bikinis, but nothing too raunchy. What? <laughs> a woman in a bikini. How is it? Uh... Uh, a whipped cream bikini contest is held, and some women are shown in whipped cream bikinis. Huh. All right. Uh, Wouldn't it be funny if like, the next one was just like, shockingly inappropriate? <laughs> Violence and gore. Justin Guarno's head gets severed from his... No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'd watch it at that point. And then, then dipped in whipped cream. <laughs> Two hovercrafts collide, resulting in one driver being thrown into the surf. He's pulled out, and we see a slight cut. A tiny bit of blood over his eye. We later Yo, gee, friend. Yeah. That scratch. We later hear he got several stitches for that. What? <laughs> I don't know what part is worse, that he has such a little cut or that he needs several stitches for it. When two hovercrafts collided. Yep, you're right. That's the worst part. Oh, at least six hells and one use each of God and for the love of God as exclamations. Do you think that if somebody like uses thinks that if you use the word God like in a positive way, it's still offensive? Because it doesn't specifically say what the phrase is. Maybe they're like, thank God, but then someone's like, oh, you should use the Lord's name in vain. That's offensive. 
Yeah, see, I wouldn't think it would be offensive if you were saying thank God and like, you know, you really But I'm, But I'm thinking there's people out there, especially the kind of people who rate fucking movie, uh, movies on IMDb, <laughs> who uh, would find that offensive to just use the Lord's name in general. You know? I, yeah, I agree. What do you do, so when, I, you, I, what do, you do when you pray? Hey, hey buddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you. I mean, I think that's probably considered. I'm not, I'm not a religious person. I don't know the answers to this. Um, but I think they. I feel that they should put the context of it because I imagine it's not as offensive as they're trying to imply it is. Yeah, apparently, I mean, this movie sounds like it was made squeaky clean by the producers of uh, American Idol. Yeah, no shit. I mean, it's not like there's adults, you know, like oh shit, I get at home and watch American Idol. Yeah, thank God that we didn't get a movie after every single American Idol season. Oh, that would have been great though. Oh. Uh... So, alcohol, drugs, and smoking. This is the last entry. We see beer bottles on tables in the bar where Kelly works. A local guy, Luke, asks Kelly if she wants to go out for a couple of beers, and she comments on him passing out in the past. So, there's beer at a bar, is what you're telling me. Yep, that's the uh, that's the big thing. Oh, this is at a root beer bar. Alcohol <laughs> beer. Oh, God. Talk about having way too much time on your hand. The, the people that rate these fucking, do these parents' guide things. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'd like to see, I'd like to track them down and just observe them, you know? Yeah. Not in a weird way, because that sounds very weird. <laughs> I mean, I just want to see what, I just want to see what their daily life is like. Yeah, like a nature show. That's, that's what you mean. Exactly. Like, like hidden cameras, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I feel you on that one. I bet you hear the uh, N-word quite a bit. <laughs> I'm sure that gets thrown around amongst those uh, parents' guide people. Uh, I had somebody... I play Spades on online. Uh, I have an app on my phone where I play it. Uh, so come I would hope you're not mailing them to people. Right. So come at me, I guess. But... Uh, there's this guy. Hey, uh, hey, honey, uh, message Mark. He plays spades online, and I know you like to do that, so uh, get with him. All right, sounds good. But I'll uh, look out for you, Alex. But um, for whatever reason, there's this asshole on there, and I'm calling you out by name, well, by your avatar, <laughs> asshole, because um, I know you listen to this. His name is the N-word with the hard R, not the oh my A. God. Not the A, spelled out all the way, right? And every time he comes to the table, the first hand he bids 13 and then says good luck and leaves. What? So his his whole, like talk about having too much time on your hands. His whole day is basically spent just trying to screw people over in one game of spades and then leaving. What is this on, on Yahoo? It's on, uh, it's a, it's an app for, um... Oh, it's like, that's, I'm surprised they even allow the, allow the name in the first place, and secondly, that no one's, like, reported that as being, like, a troll. Yeah, I tried to report him, but apparently there is no mechanism to report anyone. So. Oh, no. So that's, uh, that's a flaw in your system. People that make spades on iPhone, or, I, I, I assume you have an Android app, too, uh, but it's just called spades, so you I'd also like to, uh, should listen. I like to find an app that teaches you how to play bridge. That looks like a fun game. Yeah, I I used to know at least a little bit how to play bridge, but I haven't played in many years, so I don't really remember anymore. Like I always thought it looked kind of cool, and I like that it's complicated because like I like complex kind of games like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I was watch I started watching um Fargo season three on Hulu because you know I love the show, and uh, 
season three. I saw the first episode, but it was really good so far. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, plot is like two of the characters play play bridge like competitively, kind of. And it looks just really neat. You know, I just really want to learn how to play that. This week on Massive Late Fee Bridge Talk. <laughs> we'll start. Remember, I know the newspapers used to do. Uh, yeah, I never, I never understood it. I still don't. <laughs> yeah, they'd have a bridge. They'd have a bridge. Like it was like a. What would you do? What would you bid in this situation? And then, like the next week, they'd give you the solution. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I, I always was fascinated by the game too, and I only kind of just started to learn how to play, and then no one wanted to play, so I just kind of gave it up. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to learn it. Oh, all right. So before we do celebrity diss, I guess we'll we'll go back and forth with our content here. Um, let's go to keeping current with Mike. So this is the segment of the show where we plumb the depths of the online, I don't know, gossipy type column stuff, and you know, try to make sense of the world. So uh, where are we going today, Mike? I feel like I've been to this site before, but I'm kind of running out of websites. I think I've been bamboozled. I thought this was a different site. <laughs> it was listed as a OMG Yahoo, uh-huh. but it's just straight Yahoo Entertainment, so maybe that doesn't exist anymore. And I might have made the same exact mistake before. But we're at uh, mybelovedyahoo.com's entertainment uh, section of their website. If I remember correctly, this is the one that we understood the most of. Okay, so where are we starting? Where's, what's the first story? These all have like kind of sub. T- you'll see because the next there's it's weird they kind of sneak in ads there. Uh huh. But the first one is Yahoo Entertainment staff. So that means it's probably like some original kind of. I'm kind of familiar with Yahoo and the way they do stories. Like they always want like a teaser headline, mm-hmm. but this one just sounds like it's a summary they do. It's called The It List. Okay. Yes. Yesterday, I think that's a movie where the premise is um, the Beatles don't exist, but this one guy knows all the Beatles songs. Yeah. It, I don't care for the Beatles that much. It doesn't look interesting to me. It seems like. Maybe like a funny sketch, like maybe a five, ten minute sketch, you know, that'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe being a 30, you know, an hour and 30 minute movie, I, I don't want to see that. Do you want to see that? Not particularly. Yeah, I, I don't I don't care about that. Um, and this is BTS. I don't know if that means behind the scenes. I'm not exactly sure what they mean for that one. Do you know what that is? Batman takes over Superman? Um, let's see. Let's see what BTS means. Uh, yeah, I may, I can, hold on. Maybe I can click on it. The Bangtan Boys. It's an acronym, an acronym for Korean expression Bagtan, Bagtan Sona Yundan, meaning bulletproof Boy Scouts. You know, I, I hear the uh, I hear the servers at Netflix are bulletproof against any hacking attempts. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna guess that like a K-pop group. Yeah, they're a K-pop group. I'm gonna guess that's not what it means. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I'd like to to read about uh, K-pop, but not actually have to listen to it. Exactly. Like that seems fun. Like there's a lot of weird, crazy stuff in the K-pop world. But I'm gonna guess that you're right, and it means behind the scenes. All right. This next part of that list. This is all part of the it list. Of course, the it list being shit I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Is and, and this is gonna blow your mind because it blew my mind. Amazing race. Did you know the Amazing Race is still on the air? No. <laughs> I've never... Oh, my God. I typed in Amazing Race, and the first thing that comes up is Amazing Race Season 31. Oh, my God. I mean, obviously, they're not doing that one per year or anything, but that's... How is... I don't even understand... It seems like a blatant version of the Running Man novel to me. No kidding. 
Uh, I I think they just like have like a big scavenger hunt. I'm not really sure. Yeah, they go like around the world or something. I've never really seen it, but uh, they go. They've done 360 episodes. The shit, Jesus Christ! Isn't that? I think that's Mark Burnett thing. So he's probably just like that's probably just what he uses to pay his mortgage. You know, right? September 5th. uh, Oh, right before September 11th. September 5th, 2001 to the present day. Wow. Jesus, there, there, there are kids that are about to be able to vote that were born after the Amazing Race started. That is pretty insane. Holy oh, wow. shit. But yeah, so that's still on, and it's part of the it list, I guess. Then it mentions the Black Keys and the best about culture, the we, and then it goes on like the three dots, whatever it's called, ellipses, maybe? Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a teaser headline, because Yahoo is, you know, they're dicks. Yeah. But so it's something about the Black Keys. I mean, whatever. I mean, good luck. I mean, they're okay. I don't dislike them. But I mean, I, I just haven't heard music from them in a while. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't sure that they were still around, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's weird. You know, bands take forever sometimes, which kind of sucks, but whatever. Uh, the next one is a sponsor headline. So so it's, you know, if you didn't, if you were unaware, you would be suckered into thinking this was a legit news story. Okay. Earn a... And th- but then the title alone should tell you it's no way in any shape or form a legit news story. The title in bold is Earn a Degree in Sportscasting. Okay. Well, there you go. What? Uh, yeah. Why go, to the, why go to the University of Syracuse and their famed broadcasting school? Go to uh, some online shit school. This is actually the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting at Full Sail University. Oh my god, Dan Patrick is associated with Full Sail University? That is hilarious. Yeah, or the great uh, J.D. Harmeyer from uh, the Howard Stern Show attended school. Right. Uh, Sportscasting bachelor's degree from Full Sail University. I mean, I'm not saying Full Sail University is a scam, because I've never done it, but you know, a lot of these... A lot of these, you know, like online universities are not. I've I've never seen best. an ad for Harvard on the internet. Yeah, exactly. But okay, so it's developed in collaboration with sportscasting veteran Dan Patrick. Um, I'm gonna guess there's a picture of him, like you know, between yeah. two students here on New Full Start. Oh, this one has a picture of this is breaking news. Oh, but yeah, I'm going to guess that he's not part of... Oh, here's the faculty. Okay. Um, Ed Gorin. Well, okay. I mean, you know, he's he's a big one. And uh, Jay Harris. Okay. Craig Kahn. Sure. Bill Simmons. He's, wow. you know, he's he's up there. And Sage Steele. Now, they're... Huh. Yeah, they're so, the, yeah, so they're, they're just the paying faculty. people to put their name on their university where they never have to show up. Well, it says... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Here we go guest faculty straight from the industry so they get dan patrick and these other five people to show up once and like um record what i wonder is it officially called the dan patrick school of sportscasting or does it depend on which ad you saw right exactly but yeah each one of these people probably make a youtube video uh that's just very general they paid him a bunch of money for it and then they show it uh or in one class to like for every um for everyone that takes the uh the thing you can see their their video and right. uh that's uh that's it that's that's my guess the real teachers behind Yeah and they're just reading from a script. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Full Sail University. If you want a bachelor's degree in sports casting, there you go. Yeah, that see what that uh, gets you in the industry. This next one I actually saw on Twitter. Like I kind of saw it happening live. Oh, okay. Because uh, I saw a tweet that uh, you know, Mindy Mindy Kaling, I think you pronounce it that way. From mm-hmm. uh, she's you know from the Office and uh, the Mindy Kaling controls the universe or whatever it's called show. Yeah. The, maybe the Mindy Kaling project. Uh, I don't know. Mindy loves project shopping. Mindy loves Mork. Yeah, something like that. Um, but, I, I'm but familiar you, with her. But yeah, and, and I, what's odd is the, the thing she's first known for was actually a, a I think it was called Ben and Matt. It was like a play, the writing of Goodwill Hunting. Because mm-hmm. I heard about that, it was like on like some like I don't know like E Entertainment like uh, show like years and years ago, and apparently it was like a big to do. It was at like some prestigious Ivy League. Uh, school you know it's no full school university that's for sure right and um and so like it, you know it's kind of like you know, there's like an article about it because like supposedly like this it was like a you know parody or whatever mm-hmm. but um yeah i mean whatever i'm not a huge fan of her she donates forty thousand dollars to charities for her 40th birthday and i actually saw this tweet she was donating a thousand dollars to 40 different charities wow okay we get it it's your birthday yeah that's uh I'm I mean, just kidding. I mean, good for her, but I mean, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. That's maybe it's, I think it seems like this is going to sound sexist because it is. Uh, <laughs> it seems like uh, men aren't as like concerned about their birthdays as women in general. Yeah. I just want to, like, of all the people that have birthday, like all, of all the people that have volunteered to me that it's their birthday, like I'd say like 90% of them are female and the other 10% were men under the age of 12. Yeah. I'd say that's probably pretty accurate. Like I said, at my age, I would rather just forget my fucking birthday. Uh, yeah, like my wife, who is, you know, amazing looking, you know, for any age, and even especially her age, she's always like, oh, I can't, you know, I, it's awful. I'm going to be 40, you know, in a, you know, however many years. But it's like, who cares? I mean, I'm, I'm happy to get to 40, you know? It's like, it seems like, yes, it seems like you're gaining by getting age. You get more wisdom and experience, whereas... right. Like my wife and some other females allegedly, you know, are like, oh, no, I'm losing something. When really you're not. I, I just don't understand it. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Kaling said one of her worst job experiences was as a production assistant for three months on Crossing Over with John Edward, <laughs> the psychic show. <laughs> she described it as, quote, depressing. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I can see how a guy scamming a bunch of people would be depressing. And being the producer, you're probably the one uh, recording the conversation, passing them along. Exactly. Um, But yeah, so, I I don't know, maybe this makes me sound like a bastard, but um, she's got to have some money, right? Like $40,000. Oh, I'm sure she made more than that per episode of her, uh, her TV show, you know, or even on The Office when she wasn't a main character. She was probably making at least that, you know, it was very popular show per episode you know she was probably an executive producer on that show she did herself i'm sure she's probably got 10 plus million dollars yeah yeah so i'm you know it's not a it's not a lot of money i mean i'm not saying like 40 million dollars for your 40th birthday but i don't know like maybe four hundred thousand, like ten thousand to 40 charities you know i mean i guess i guess yeah, i, I shouldn't it, charity shame but uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure I, I mean good for her it's just it's just it's weird like I, to me, the weird part about it is just like, why would you care that's your birthday that much? Yeah, I don't. Uh, and you know, if you want to do it, cool. But do you have to make a a spectacle out of it? Uh, yeah, apparently, if you do. 
well. Oh, ha- ha- happy birthday, by the way. Yeah, happy birthday, June twenty fourth, nineteen seventy nine. Uh, Vera Mindy Kochalingham, uh, aka Mindy Kaling. Yeah. Our next headline is sourced. Oh, that was from People, by the way. They didn't even like come up with the shit themselves. Oh wow. Okay. And this one is from another uh, bastion of a journalistic USA oh. Today. Oh yes, of course. The only newspaper bold enough to be in color. Yeah, I, I remember in like high school or junior high at one point, someone like some teacher we had, I think it was a sub, was saying like they had like an average reading level per like you know newspaper. Like mm-hmm. you know, like people who read the New York Times had like on an average like a reading age of like twenty or something like that. You know, it's like a more highbrow thing. But then like USA Today was like written at like the reading level of a ten year old. <laughs> God. And if you ever read it, you're like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I could see it. This headline is Cardi B pleads not guilty on strip club brawling charges in New York. Oh wow! Okay, I actually know a good. I know a surprisingly large amount about. Well, I know who Cardi B is. I didn't know she got into a fight or allegedly got into a fight at a strip club in New York. But no, what happened? Is, uh, there's this uh, this group called Migos. Uh, the guy from an Offset. I think they're married, or maybe they broke. They might not be married, but they do have a child together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cardi B and Offset. Um, so su- supposedly the rumor is she was, this is, uh, this is going to sound amazing coming from me because I, I'm really informed on this one. Um, but the rumor is that, uh, Cardi B like was jealous because she thought one of these two sisters who were at the strip club, I don't know if they were strippers or not. I mean, obviously it doesn't matter, but I mean, I'm guessing they were strippers. Um, so like one of them, uh, was supposedly having an affair with Offset, like during the time where they had like kind of broken up. Uh-huh. And then, um, and then uh, after that, like uh, what happened was, um, Cardi B supposedly ordered like some of her like goons to go beat these women up. So you know, and then that's why she 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 isn't like you know accused of actually assaulting them. I think she might be on video like hitting one with her shoe or something really like you know benign like that. But supposedly she ordered this assault on them. And then at one point they had a, they came to a plea deal where she would just like have like like no time that kind of stuff but she rejected it and now like the, the misdemeanor charges have turned into felony charges and she's like oh they're not gonna arrest me i have a baby i won't go to jail for that interesting um hmm based on that very little bit of evidence i'll rush to judgment since that's what we do in society um knowing absolutely nothing about this story other than what you just told me i'm gonna guess that uh she's not guilty that's my guess. Yeah, I'm going to guess at worst she'll get like probation, but she'll have a very liberal terms as to where she can travel and what she can do to earn money. Yeah, because I mean, if they were offering a plea deal where she got like no jail time and everything was cool and it's basically just like slap on the wrist type thing. And then she's like, no, fuck that. I'm not going to plead guilty. Um, I don't know. I kind of I kind of feel like in this situation, if you were guilty, you just take that deal. Um. Yeah, you know, I I think I'm guessing these women. Okay, this again. I I don't know the the real. I mean, a fight like that. Do you really? Do you really have to like? I, why do we have to send somebody to prison for getting into a physical fight where no one's severely injured or intended to be severely injured? From what I know, I mean, right. When I was, you know, I mean, is every fight a jail sentence? I mean, this is part. Crowding our prisons with people, you know. I mean, I don't think somebody who gets into a fight is going to be a murderer or going to be, you know, actively assaulting people every day. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're necessarily a violent person. I mean, there's certainly circumstances that would just tip somebody over, you know, to to fight. I mean, it's 
I, I don't understand why this is necessary to press charges. I mean, again, I don't know how maybe someone's head was bashed into the bar. I don't know. I don't think that's the case. So I'm sure it would be a much more sensational headline by the uh, Rhodes Scholars over at USA Today if that were the case. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to guess that um, that uh, no one was seriously hurt. And if no one was seriously hurt, like you said, yeah, I, I mean, even if she did do it, I really don't think prison time is necessary yeah i'm thinking maybe more someone might be interested in like a payday off f off of this you know it's like oh cardi b is a very successful you know and maybe i mean i don't know if the woman did or did not have an affair with offset when they were or were not on you know dating wise Mm -hmm. but i mean it just seems to me it's like i i mean she she seems so confident she maybe she understands that there's a number that she's has to get to for them to you know dismiss the uh charges yeah it's it's possible the victims, I mean, not the the government. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, I've never heard any of her music. I, I saw her in a Pepsi commercial once. Uh, I don't know anything about her. But, yeah, I, I you know, eh, you know, I, I'm, I stand with Cardi B, I guess. I don't know. I don't yeah. really care. But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't care that much. It's just, I, from, what I, from what I've seen, it doesn't seem to be like a super, I mean, Okay, it's of course you can say it's not a bad assault, but I mean, obviously that term should be more you know specific than the broad one. I'll tell you what, if she was sniffing around uh, uh, Cardi B's man, I mean, you know, it's like I kind of understand it. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, right. anyway. one more. One more. This is from this again. I think uh, Yahoo just mostly just isn't a. You know, they just aggregate like other sites or something. It's really weird. This is from The Blast, which I don't know what that is. Oh, nice. I also go to The Blast next. Bill Cosby appeals sex assault conviction over testimony from accusers during trial. Interesting. So, so basically, Bill Cosby is appealing his case. Yeah, good luck, Bill. I mean, he's like what eighty something. Uh, Bill Cosby is 81 years old, yes. And you know all that pudding like gave him diabetes, so he probably doesn't have long for this world. His eyesight's already fucked up from what they say. Yeah. Yeah, he can't even see where the roofies are anymore. That's sad. Yeah, he probably roofied himself one time. Oh, uh, but, uh... But, I mean, you're not you're not getting out of prison, Bill Cosby. Quit, quit, I mean... For some reason, there's still people who believe that you didn't do this, I guess. I mean, there's still people who think Michael Jackson just uh, liked having sleepovers with uh, young boys exclusively. Right. Exactly. With a secret uh, door to his bedroom. Yeah, I read a thing earlier today. It was like from like someone who was like an apologist for Michael Jackson, but then they said they saw the Finding Neverland thing, and then much of their shock, I'm like, oh my, I, I couldn't believe that, that someone thought he didn't, you know, he, he didn't do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, like, O.J. Simpson apologists out there, you know? There's not people who are like, oh, he didn't murder those people. Right. Though, what's messed up is I, uh, I was, you mentioned the Gilbert Godfrey podcast earlier. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of that. So, I basically will listen to any episode, even if I don't know who the person really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I listened to one uh, today, or I think it was yesterday, with uh, Gavin McLeod, I think his name is. He was on the Love Book. Yeah. Yeah. Captain Steubing. Yeah, but uh, apparently he was uh, he was friends with uh, Robert Blake like from like way back like the early sixties, okay. and he was like he's like and he's like oh these people interviewed me and all they wanted to talk about was the murder. <laughs> so apparently, and I'm like oh my god, so this guy, so basically this guy, I guess he's a Robert Blake apologist. They didn't really you know Gilbert and Frank uh, didn't really go the, the other hosts of the show didn't really go into it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he couldn't murder somebody. He's my friend. Or 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 he could have also been saying, oh, he did murder somebody, but he did so much good. I mean, let's talk about the little rascals, not, you know, how he 
<laughs> shot his uh his his you know the father of his child in the head of a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, he was a little rascal. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. You know, Bill Cosby almost has as many honorary degrees as he as he does rape allegations. Jeez. Fifty. Oh, that sounds like a, that's 59. like a trivia question. Yeah, exactly. Fifty nine. Uh, lots of uh, places have given him honorary degrees. Uh, he has uh, he has five rescinded ones from the U.S. Just Navy. Five? Yeah, I know. From the U.S. Navy. Uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. These are rescinded awards. Oh, wait, no, these are rescinded honorary degrees. Okay, sorry. Uh, Now, actual facts. He has, let's see, that's six. He has nine honorary degrees that still stand. He has uh, five honorary awards that have been taken away from him, including the Kennedy Center Honor and the Mark Twain Prize. How deep in the South are these nine honorary degrees? Okay, so one is uh, Spelman College. Oh, okay. I guess Steve Spellman. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um. You know that is a um, Georgia. Yes, Atlanta. Um, and then uh, Howard University is uh, still honoring him. Uh, Howard is that also is that also in Georgia? Uh, it's in D.C. Howard's in D.C. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Kind of so. Um. And then Rust College, <laughs> which apparently is in Mississippi. Um, sure. I've, ne- I've never heard of Rust College, but uh, that's old- the one thing they have going for them—the honorary degree, the right. Cosby. Old Dominion, uh, Pepperdine, which is in Malibu, California. That's uh, that's that's kind of surprising. Juilliard. What? What? What yeah. do you get a degree from Juilliard for? Honorary Doctor of Human Letters degree from Juilliard oh. in, t- in two thousand two. Ooh, that's <laughs> kind of close. Yep. Uh, Payne College uh, in also in Georgia, um, Sisserton Wapelton College, which apparently is in South Dakota, and huh. then Hampton University, um, which is in Virginia. Obviously, uh, most of these ones that are standing by him traditional, traditionally uh, black schools, except for. Um, Old Pepperdine, Do- yeah, Old Dominion, Pepperdine for some reason, and uh, Juilliard, obviously. And I'm guessing the one in South Dakota probably isn't a historically black school either. Yeah, that would be my guess. Oh God. Um. So yeah. So those ones still honor him. Uh, Fifty nine people have rescinded their uh, their honorary degree, including North Carolina and South Carolina. What? Yeah, just just kidding. So yeah, too, um, too yeah I was him. I was at a rummage sale this weekend, and uh, they had like an album. It was like a Bill Cosby comedy album. <laughs> so you know, naturally I bought. So naturally I bought it because I, I thought it'd be kind of like you know I just want to see the look on the guy's face. Like oh shit, I was hoping I'd be like I didn't forget we put that one out there, you know? <laughs> right. It didn't bad an eye. In fact, on the way out, some other person at the because I was holding it, you know I just had to be holding it with like the the cover out. Some other person at the rummage sale said, "Oh, I have that album." <laughs> And the album is called uh, Bill Cosby is a Funny Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, can you still enjoy Bill Cosby's comedy? 
I never did in the first place, so that's yeah. hard to hard to tell. Right. But if Norm McDonald, like you know, ended up, like, well, well, let's use an example that's real. Louis Louis C.K. I, I I find his comedy enjoyable. He's not my favorite comedian, you know. Mm-hmm. I I still every so if I if I'm on a like a playlist or like you know the suggested videos, and the next one's a Louis C.K. I won't be like, oh my god, Louis C.K. and turn it off. I mean, I guess I'd be able to set. But I mean, at the same time, if he had done what Bill Cosby had done, I mean, yeah. not that what he did was right, but I mean. I'm, Again, the sliding scale, it's mm-hmm. not the same as drugging somebody and then raping them. Yeah, like a hundred times, yeah. That that you that we know about. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. It, you, I know, got, it's, you know, I, it's entirely possible that Bill Cosby is the most prolific serial rapist in the history of the United States or the world. It is. That is 100% possible. Yeah, it's disturbingly possible. I um, mean, he's been doing this for 40, 50 years. Yep. I got into a debate with somebody one time about Louis C.K. and they're they're like they always go back to the the um, extreme arguments where they're like where they're like oh yeah I guess what Louis C.K. did was fine and everything I'm like no I'm not saying it was fine what he did was bad and it's not something that I would do what I'm saying is it's not as bad as what Bill Cosby did or it's not as bad as what um, Harvey Weinstein did you know there's there's degrees of this stuff just because somebody did something worse you know i'm like i i remember saying i was like that's like saying that the guy that killed one person is the same as hitler you know it's it's different degrees they're both bad but one is worse yeah, and the whole like thing like the biggest my biggest issue with it is it's just like i don't remember who it was it was like a charlie rose type person maybe it was charlie rose like mm-hmm. What he did was like so, like he might have like hugged someone without them asking. Like there was somebody who literally like just hugged somebody, and then they were like, the other person felt uncomfortable, and that's the same as Harvey Weinstein or Kevin Spacey or yeah, you know Bill Cosby or O.J. Simpson or you know any other celebrity who's done some kind of crime. Yeah, it's crazy to me that people that people think that way. Um, and the Charlie Rose, yeah, Charlie Rose was like inappropriate touching, and I think. A few times he came down with his, like from his bedroom when like staffers would come in. If I remember the story right, in his bathrobe, and he'd like let it open so they could see his naked. Oh body. no! <laughs> um, oh my so, god! Thank, thank God, Rodney Dangerfield died. Like, yeah, no kidding. Rodney Dangerfield would be me tooed all over the place. Yeah, but with with I mean, I'm sure with I'm not sure, but with Rodney Dangerfield, it never seemed, seemed like intentional. He just didn't care. Yeah, agreed. I mean, not that it's not not that somebody couldn't find it offensive. I mean, I I wouldn't be offended by it, but I could see how somebody else could be offended by it. Yeah. But if he did that, he's not doing what Bill Cosby's doing. Correct. And he shouldn't be treated. The same. Exactly. Yeah, you can treat people differently based on the degree with which they've done something bad. I mean, that's kind of how our laws based. Yeah, and I mean, as the argument always goes, you you can endorse someone's ideas or thoughts without endorsing the person. I mean, I love the Constitution of the United States, but I mean, in spite of the time period, I'm I'm not happy that a lot of the you know country owned slaves. Exactly. I don't know. Even the one who you know, even Jefferson, he would think you know of all people when you know he's writing about liberty for all men. He he owned slaves. Yeah, and had sex with them. He would have been me too now too. Sally Hemings would would hashtag me too all over the place. I mean, that's yeah. Well, I mean, we're obviously not saying what he did was correct. I mean, it's just you know how that obviously evolves. But I mean, it's hard to not everything evolves at the same speed. So not everybody's up to the current you know acceptable guidelines for behavior. Exactly. I mean, and at the same time, I mean, obviously you know Bill Cosby that would never be acceptable. And, right. you know, Louis C- Louis C K. I mean, 
it's hard to say. I mean, it does seem like there's a weird, like, control-type thing. Even though, like, the more famous he got, the less he did it, from what I've read. Yeah, it's, yeah, the whole story's really weird. Um, I'm kind of with yeah. you on the Louis C.K. thing, where it's like, you know, I think he's okay. Like, some of his comedy is funny to me. He's not my favorite comedian ever, but I think he's he's decent. Um, yeah, but I couldn't, like, I couldn't, like, if like if Norm MacDonald was revealed as, like, a more prolific rapist than Bill Cosby, I, 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 I I think I would still enjoy his comedy, but I think I would intentionally not watch. I think what I would do, like, I think, I don't know. It's such a hard question because I think I can divorce the work from the person at least a little bit. I think what I would probably do is watch like some of his old stuff, but maybe not watch anything new that came out. If he did anything new, like after the allegations, I don't know. It would be so... It'd be so difficult. Uh, you know, thank God that Norm is not like that in any way. Um, right. Yeah. Which, I mean, even even he had like a, not a meet, but it's like the whole politically correct, like, you know, gotcha type scandals. Oh, and I yeah. over this soon. I know we have a whole episode of a TV show to review. Right. Um, but like, but I mean, he like, you know, he, he, he said the word retarded, which, you know, for people our age and older, I'm sure it, it's not, it doesn't mean an offensive term. It's just mm-hmm. like another term for dumb. And Norm, like, you know, would intentionally say the word on, you know, SNL and like Conan O'Brien and stuff because obviously it gets a response that's you know like shocking mm-hmm. but I mean the fact that it's suddenly one day it's no longer shocking but it's offensive I mean there's such a thin line between the two words it's you can never like pinpoint where this line is and the same line can be crossed by different people and have a different response yeah I think you know comedy to me is one of those those things that I think just needs to be protected um you know no matter how much society evolves they're there will always be comedians that say things that, you know, that make jokes about rape or make, you know, jokes about whatever or say, you know, any kind of words. I mean, Louis C.K. says the N-word all the time, uh, you know, as a, as a white guy. Um, and, yeah, that's going to be – comedy is offensive. You know, some comedy is offensive to some people. Not all comedy can be sterilized, completely clean stuff. But, you know – Yeah, there's... not everything is Toy Story 4. Exactly. But there's a there's a reason behind it usually. Like when when Louis C.K. says those words, or when Norm Macdonald you know says those words, there's an intent behind it. And I think that's if someone is you know like it can't be a free pass. If someone just wants to go out and be hateful and say, "Oh, I'm just being funny. I'm being a comedian," then you know obviously that doesn't fly. The intent is what I care about more. What yeah, it's, are you it's, trying? That's to all do? that matters. Yeah. What are you trying to do? Like in, in telling this joke about rape, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to highlight that um, you know this is horrible and wrong and and stuff like that? But some people think this way, and we need to you know like what is that the intent of what you're doing? Or are you doing it just because you know you think that date rape is funny or whatever? Those are two yeah. very different things, and you know, and everyone knows you need to be way more charming. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. That's a funny joke. That's a funny joke based on the situation where he's clearly not making light of of date rape in that situation. Right. Yeah, um, it's even like even like with the whole Michael Richards thing. I mean, obviously what he said was I don't think he was I don't think he was racist. I mean, I think he was trying to get a reaction. He yep. apparently was a very inexperienced stand-up comedian, was doing a, t- you know, he's like this big celebrity. Everyone like claps for the first joke or two and then he's on his own and mm-hmm. he has no material. So he's just like this guy like, you know, Yanks his chain. He's trying to be shocking and funny and offensive, and he's offensive. He's one out of the three, but not you know not the one he would choose if he only got one reaction. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, I could see 
a more seasoned comedian making that work. Like I could see Louis C.K. making that work. Oh, for sure. Because he's known for, you know, working with a lot of black people and, you know, kind of being sort of in that culture in a little, you know, in some ways and being able to, you know, use words like that on stage. I could see him, you know, going for that and pulling it off. But yeah, like Michael Richards bit off more than he could chew. But I, I agree. I don't think that he was trying to be racist. I think he just really failed at what he was trying at what he yeah. was trying to do. And one more thought on the subject, uh, because again, we have a whole show to review. Right. Um, I just thought of this because, like Tim Allen, like see, I never thought he was especially funny, but mm-hmm. so I kind of use like you know prior conviction as a uh, excuse to not like him. Mm-hmm. But I think I just would not. I think I would just not like him anyways because I mean he's not he's not that funny. Yeah, I agree. I'd, I've never found his comedy funny at all. Because even if, you know, if he didn't, it's just like, I don't like the person, you know, so I just, oh, I'll, you know, it's funny to me to bring that up because why did you bring that up? Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so, so that's all I have to say about that. All right. Well, that was a good story about running. Um, so, uh, real quick before we get to Good Omens. Uh, I will uh, go through the celebrity diss. This was sort of uh, just kind of came out of nowhere. I saw Mark Hamill <laughs> online uh, talking about child the Child's Play movie, uh, which I didn't even realize he was in. Um, that he does, he does the, the voice of Chucky. Yeah. yeah, that he does the voice of Chucky. So I decided, you know, I'm not going to see that, but I'd like to hear his voice because he's good at voices. I think for sure. So I figured I'd take a shot at him. So uh, here is uh, my interactions with Mark Hamill. Mr. Hamill, I represent Massive Late Fee, a hugely popular entertainment podcast that for some reason has to resort to this. <laughs> and, and we would love to have you be on the show. Just a quick phone call to talk about whatever you want. If it helps, my name is also Mark. <laughs> no, uh, no likes, no retweets. Uh, you know, no it didn't like help. That. It didn't help. Uh, I just want to be clear. He <laughs> should have said my name is also Luke. <laughs> I just want to be clear. We can't pay you. Your only reward will be helping out a fellow Mark. That's with a K, not with a C like those imposters. Really, though, just a five-minute phone call. You can also use a burner phone if that gives you comfort. Because I figured maybe he didn't want us to know his phone number. Why would he not want us to know his phone number? (laughs) Uh, Mark Hamill. For context, no one has ever taken uh, taken us up on this. You could be a pioneer. Friend of the show, Josie Lawrence, did respond with a polite no, though. So that's the bar. Again, my parents named me Mark as well. I feel you owe me. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Mark Hamill. Also to let you know, if you come on, we can talk exclusively about Batman or Corvette Summer or Wing Commander. Whatever you want. I mean, child's play, child's play, if, if you insist, just 15 minutes on the phone. <laughs> My name is also Mark. <laughs> you made it 15 minutes now? To be honest, I really want to explore your character of old scrap mouth from an episode of the Partridge family. <laughs> just a quick 25 minutes on the phone. <laughs> Reminder, we are both named Mark. Uh, Mark Hamill. I also want to pick your brain about biker mice from Mars. <laughs> All we need is 50 minutes of your time. <laughs> P.S. 
Both of our parents chose Mark as a great first name. <laughs> is this first name actually Mark, though? Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> Ed Hamill uh, himself. My co-host, Mike, sorry his name isn't also Mark, <laughs> thinks you're the best Joker ever. I'm sure he'd like to discuss that. Just a quick 90 minutes is all we need. <laughs> <laughs> Addendum. Sometime before our births, our respective set of parents agreed to name their sons Mark. <laughs> it also occurs to me that I haven't told you how to contact me. Massivelatefee at gmail.com. You can also check out Big Heads Media for other great podcasts. Warning, not all of them are hosted by people named Mark. <laughs> also, we record this Tuesday at 9 p.m. All we need is a quick phone call, 135 minutes of your time. <laughs> <laughs> and we can talk about whatever you want. Politics? Are the progressive commercials played out? Even child's play if you want. This is the guy named the same as you. <laughs> <laughs> then I tweeted about St. Elsewhere a little bit. Um, which, by the way, uh, we were talking about celebrities retweeting you. Um, Ed Begley Jr. like likes all of my tweets when I nice. tweet St. Elsewhere. You should get him up. Yeah, Ask I'm, about... Uh... Curb your enthusiasm. I'm going to try. Um, uh, Hamill himself. One last push to get you on the show, Mr. Hamill. If you absolutely insist, I can get Mike on board. And I spoke for you. I'm, I don't know if this is good or not. I can get Mike on board with talking about Star Wars. No. I'm more interested in the Partridge family and Child's Play, and he wants Joker talk, but I will do it if it gets you on. Hashtag Mark Life. See, I'm, you might think this is funny. <laughs> But if he did agree to come on for two hours to talk about Star Wars, I would not be on the show. Yeah, I wouldn't. I couldn't care less unless he just wanted me to rip on it the entire time. I wouldn't be very interested in it. But that is uh, that is celebrity diss. Uh, never got any likes or retweets. We got some profile clicks. From profile. Homeland Security. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, just, just to reiterate, he did like one of my uh, pro-Joker tweets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so that's suck on that Star Wars fans. I think that's part of what made me think of it, but uh but yeah, he just popped up in the thing anyway. I have somebody else that I'm going to do next week too uh that my wife suggested who she says thinks that there's actually a chance that he'll respond because I guess he responds a lot to a lot of fans. So you know, we should get uh, Lester Greenback on the podcast. Have you seen his Twitter lately? Oh my god, that guy's uh, blowing up everywhere. Lester Greenback. <laughs> No, Green, you know, the first interview we had? Oh, yeah, 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 Lester Green, yes. Yeah, he's uh, doing, he was, he was in, I think he's in the Wu-Tang uh, thing on Showtime. Yeah, um, I've actually, I, I have his personal contact information. I've talked to him a little bit about coming back on the show. I really uh, enjoyed talking to Lester. I, I would definitely like yeah. to have him back. I, I think he's start, starting or is on his own podcast now, too, so uh, check that out. It's awesome. Yeah, check out Lester Green, friend of the show. Um, so, now, again... Uh, two things before we get into good omens. <laughs> if you if you tuned in to listen to good omens, uh, you're gonna have to slog through some stuff first. Skip ahead about an hour. But uh, first, um, we have a promo for another show on the network. Again, I don't remember who it is. Um, is the guy named Mark? I don't think so. There's no other marks on the network, unfortunately. But, um, or fortunately, I don't know. I, no one confuses yeah. me. I think there's a, another mic or two that's annoying. Yeah, I think there's like three mics on the network. But uh, anyway, uh, this, listen to this. 
uh, because they do just the best job at whatever they talk about. So listen to this. Hey guys, I'm Brittany. And I'm Kelly. And we're the hosts of The Faves of Our Lives. The podcast about everyone's favorite everything. This season, we talk about everyone's favorite TV shows by taking polls and comments on social media. Join us for laughs, banter, and made-up words. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at the Faves of RL One. That's at the Faves of RL and the number one. Bye. Bye. So yeah, that was uh, that was that show. And uh, check them out at where you can find them. So that's. Uh, you know they're they're incredibly interesting. <laughs> this whole this whole podcast is a trade wreck. So real quick before we get to <laughs> not in a bad way. <laughs> you know those good trade wrecks. Uh yeah exactly like that one that was in uh, Unbreakable that was a fine train wreck. And Unbreakable. Yeah, it made that guy it made that guy figured out that he was unbreakable. Yeah, and we also got to see uh, Glass as well. So thank you. I love the David stu- Dunn. I can I can sum up that movie pretty quickly, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> Samuel Jackson's like, uh, "Hey, I'm pretty sure you're uh, you're unbreakable," and he's like, "Nah, no, nah, I'm not." And then okay, uh, and then he's like, "Well, have you ever broke?" And he's like, "Man, nah, nah, I, I guess not. No, I guess not. I think about it. I haven't never broke." I think you already put more emotion into it than uh, Bruce Willis did in his entire career. <laughs> Uh, but so we will do our uh, our hugely popular game before we get into um, yeah. I was gonna say we forgot that <laughs> before we get you into did. good omens. Uh, the parents' guide guess the movie. Um, I don't know. IMD. Duh. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. You yeah, want we don't have a title for this. Uh, Monday people, day of the show people. Give us a suggestion. This we don't have one. Yeah, send either email or, or reach out to us on Twitter with a suggestion for a name for this segment of the show. Maybe I'll put up a poll or something like that. Uh, Mike, whose turn is it to go first? Mine or yours? I don't know. All right, I'll go first then. Um, okay. <laughs> There's so many things in here that I can't say. I, I, I picked a really good one, actually, so I, I'm pretty satisfied you won't guess this one. All right, so um, <laughs> here's profanity. Uh, one use of the word cunt. <laughs> this is said in the first five minutes of the movie, and it's used as a joke, not vulgarity. Wouldn't that be great if that was the only profanity in the whole movie? <laughs> um, they use uh, several uses of the word fuck, and it's derivatives. Seven uses of the word shit, seven uses of prick, two uses of ass, three religious exclamations, two obscene hand gestures, one derogatory term for African Americans in a non-racial context. Jeez. What do you think? Cabin fever? No, good guess, but no. All right, for this one. A woman wears an off-the-shoulder top that reveals her bare shoulders and cleave. Mmm. Pretty woman. No. Um, okay. Not not a good guess either. <laughs> here's You're cold. Here's alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Many scenes take place in a bar. Super troopers. No, nope. no, nope, not that one. 
And I, I have a cold. I will do that one eventually. Um, Super Troopers. Uh, I mean, you're 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 warmish. All right. A man's shirt hangs open and exposes his bare chest. Hmm. Uh, Empire Records. No. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, adults are shown drinking beer and liquor and smoking cigarettes. Two men are shown to be clearly inebriated in one scene. Kingpin? Nope. Again, close-ish, you know, genre and stuff-wise. Sure. A woman wears outfits throughout the movie that reveal her cleavage, bare abdomen, and belly button, bare legs, and shoulders. Wow, okay. Um, Resident Evil? No. Okay. Am I close? No. All right. Um, Okay, I gotta gotta redact part of what this says because it gives away um, someone associated with the film. But uh, frightening and intense scenes. This film is brutal and gory in comparison to someone's later work. Huh. That doesn't help, really. You want to guess anything? Um, shit, what's that movie? Um, no, that is, I was going to say the movie, the Rob Zombie movie. Um, uh, the, the one before Devil's Rejects. I can't remember what that's called. Oh, the, I think it's wrong. Like 10,000 Maniacs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 10,000 Maniacs with, uh, <laughs> with Natalie Merchant. Yeah, exactly. Um... House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, that's what it's called. Uh, well, clearly, since I didn't know the title, um, no. But you, <laughs> you're also kind of close in, in, in that in a way. That's, that's weird. And I yeah. just thought of a great choice. Are we going to do two or one this time? Are we doing what? Are we doing one or two? I'll do two if you want to do two. All right, because I just thought of a great one. Let's make All right, this, uh, this episode ma- longer. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> A man refers to a teenager as a lady killer. Oh, to a teenager as a lady killer. Oh, okay. So, hmm. I'm going to guess that this is an 80s movie. <laughs> um, a lady killer. Oh, um, 16 Candles? 16 Candles? Yeah. No. All right. Am I close? Uh, no, it's the wrong decade. Okay. By a bit. Damn it. Oh, I got another one. I got another guess in a minute. Um, unless, I hope so. Unless what you say. <laughs> unless, you, unless you have a stroke. <laughs> unless what you say uh, completely, uh, you know, negates it. But, um, okay. The death of one particular character is very emotional. <laughs> Beer fest? No. That's a good guess, too, though. I mean, because... That's a good guess in the way that that does happen in that movie. Um, oh, I love that scene. But, uh, again, genre-wise, you know. So it's a comedy is what I've narrowed it down to. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a comedy of sorts. <laughs> it's a comedy of sorts. Oh, shit. I think I know what it is. <clears throat> There's a lot. Right, my, yeah, good. My next clue is two teenagers, a boy and a girl, kiss. Two teenagers and a boy and a... Oh, two, two teenagers who are a boy and a girl. Okay, so teenagers are kissing. 
based on your clues, I'm guessing it's a '90s movie. Oh, uh, oh, um, My Girl. No, that's a okay guess. So it's a, again the wrong decade. Oh, okay. So it's not the '80s, and it's not the it's a '70s movie. Nope. <laughs> okay. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so many clues with a certain word in it that I cannot use. <laughs> um. Okay. At the film's climax, the ar- army arrive on scene. <laughs> To neutralize uh, something with gunfire. Lots of bullet impacts and blood. Dreamcatcher? No, no, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're getting in there a little bit. <laughs> a teen girl is kidnapped and forced into a car. Ooh, a teen girl is kidnapped and forced into a car. Um, I sound a little excited by that. Well, it's a good clue. Um, what's a movie where a girl would be kidnapped and forced into a car where people kiss and open shirt dude and, um, hmm. No, that's just, <laughs> I mean, I guess there could be more in the, uh, in the like nudity and stuff like that. Cause there's certainly more of that in this movie if it's what I'm thinking of, but, um, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm just going to say we've eliminated the seventies, eighties and nineties. It's in neither of those decades. Yeah, so I'm thinking 2000s. Um, mm, Gone Girl? No. Okay. Um, Let's see. This might give it to you. A zombie is briefly seen eating from the exposed chest cavity of a dead person. This is very brief. Yeah, you know how many clues have the word zombie? Uh, Okay, I thought it would be like, we were going to say vampire or something that was the word, but okay, that's Shaun of the Dead. (laughs) Nice. Uh, and you know I've seen that because we yeah. watched it together. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I like this one. I could have done this one. A man frequently jokes that he's attracted to another character's mother. Oh <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't help to me. Um, this I haven't seen this movie. This might give it away. Okay. Remember, not seventies, eighties, or nineties. Mm-hmm. Teenagers kissing. Teenage uh, kidnapped, thrown into a car. Mm-hmm. A man skewers a plastic seal with a fork. It squeaks. Plastic seal with a fork. yeah, like the the animal. I'm assuming. Um, is this uh, tusk? No. Oh, okay, because I had to see. I'll give you. I'll give you a clue that again to me it seems obvious, but I've never seen this. So just one second, please. Sure. Plastic seal with a fork. Oh, interesting. Hmm. A teenager looks through X-ray glasses at a woman who covers her breast with her hands. The boy breathes heavily. And a few other women. We see their undergarment. Oh God, this sounds very, very, very familiar. Um, X-ray glasses. Uh, is this Agent Cody Banks? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, got it. <laughs> a movie I did see, not in the theater, but I I owned it on DVD. Oh. <laughs> I think that you did see this in the theater. No, no, I just bought it on DVD. Because I don't think I saw it in the theater. I remember buying it. It was on one of those, like, you know, for five bucks shelves. Uh, okay, so you go first now for number two, if you're okay. ready. I'm not ready, actually. Are you? Yeah, I got mine up. Um. Okay, so, oh, wow, there's... How? 
How is there like nothing in? Okay, wait. I got. I got to do another one. Um, because there's only two. You get switch. There's only two in here for some reason. I would have thought that this one would have more. Um, but like, there's only sex and nudity. Like profanity says severe, but there's nothing in there. Um, but yeah. So I'm gonna do. Do you do you want me to go first, so you can pick another one real quick? I'm ready now. Yeah, go ahead. Two women wear sparkly clothing that barely contains their boobs. Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. (laughs) No. Um, Okay. Uh, Topless woman is shown throughout one scene. Oh, I have no idea. Um, I'll say get him to the Greek. I know that's wrong, but I don't. Nope. No, it's actually get him to the Italian. No, I'm uh, just joking. Uh, I've never seen get him to the Greek. I saw. I, I like it. It's pretty. I think it's pretty good. I saw forgetting Sarah Marshall, and I like that character. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I like forgetting Sarah Marshall as well. It's get him to the Greek. I think is it's on HBO all the time. I like it. I'll check it out. We hear grunting and moaning as a couple has sex upstairs. Hmm. Sparkly dresses, and it's two women. Um, and a couple's having sex upstairs. Well, if it was only one woman, I'd say uh, "Who Framed Roger Rabbit?" But <laughs> well, that's that's a good that, that's a good idea. But no, it's not. Um, let's see, two women in sparkly outfits, and people are having sex upstairs. Striptease? No. Okay. Um, some crude humor. Does that give it to you? No. Blade Runner. No, no, close, but no. No, not really close, but A car crashes into another car and there's a huge explosion. Hmm. Hmm. I don't remember any glittery dresses in that movie. Um, I mean, maybe, I guess. Uh, is it Planet Terror or Death Proof? No. Okay. Um, 31 F-words, four uses of dick, and 11 uses of shit. The Professional. Nope. Is there anyone young in this movie? No, not really, no, so... A woman covers herself in blood. Hmm. Why would a woman cover herself in blood? Um, I know they do that in zombie movies so that they, you know, because they don't sense them or whatever. But this doesn't sound like a zombie movie. Um, a woman covers herself in blood for to pretend she's dead, maybe? Uh... Um, hmm. I will say. Oh, man. Beneath the Mask of Sanity. No. That's a book I wrote. <laughs> it's not that book. <laughs> Though, would that be a great uh, twist? Yeah, if somehow it was. Okay, I'll get a shot of film real quick. Put up on IMDb. Maybe it was Ralphie Smith and Edward Tomax movie. Could be. Um, Not a bad idea. 
Let's see. Uh, Coming to Netflix. We'll film it as a comedy. Right. Full frontal male nudity is shown for a few seconds. Is this for getting Sarah Marshall? No. Although, that is true. There is full frontal male nudity in that movie. That would be funny if it was. Because I picked this before we started talking about that movie, but no, it's not. Oh. Hmm. Okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little bit away here. Okay. I think the, the last couple of clues. It, once you find out what this movie is, you're gonna smack yourself in the face. Okay. All right. Although not ex, a woman says you should have seen the look on his face when I buried that axe in his chest. And also, killing him was almost as much fun as sex. Wait. Repeat that one more time because I didn't hear quite quite the beginning of it. They don't actually show this, but a woman says. You should have seen the look on his face when I buried that axe in his chest. And also, she says, killing him was almost as much fun as sex. Mm. Hmm. Okay, so I mean, obviously, there's some murder going on in this movie. Um, hmm. No, there's no sequin dresses or anything in that movie. Um, hmm. Maybe though. Uh, is it um, Serial Mom? No, another good choice though. Um, okay, so uh, I'm gonna give you two because this one's like super vague. Um, sure. And they're they're related. They're both under drugs, alcohol, and smoking. Uh, nonstop drug references, jokes, and use of them, meaning use of drugs. Uh, it says the same boy. It's from a different uh, a different uh, entry into the thing. Is shown tripping on shrooms when the cops show up. Super bad. Nope. Pretty close, but no. All right, this one is another good clue. I think you'll be able to piece it together. Mm-hmm. Ready? Mm-hmm. A bloody demon. Oh, oh, hold on, that's the wrong clue. Okay, we'll do this. We'll do two then. A, bl- <laughs> I think I a got bloody it. demon. <laughs> Go ahead and guess. I think- is it is it uh, uh, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight? It is, yes. Awesome. I want to hear the other clue I was going to give, which I think you would have guessed as well. Yeah. Close up of a hand being nailed to a cross. A creature reaches out and some blood drops on its hand, which burns. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely would have gotten it from that one. Um... All right, I want to. I want you to be able to get this, but I don't. I also kind of don't want to use because there's there's names in here, and I don't want to use the names necessarily. This one, I'll use the name because um, <laughs> it's funny too. Okay. Um, the Johnny Chimpo logo is a chimpanzee masturbating. Oh, <laughs> is a chimpanzee masturbating? You fucker. Very brief and no nudity. How dare you? <laughs> You're such an asshole. It makes sense though, right? Yeah, but I like how you said, who let you do that sometime? And then you do it immediately. <laughs> yeah, I was going to do Super Troopers 2, but for some reason, there's only two entries. It, like, There's nothing in profanity. It says severe, but there's nothing in there. But the only two things for the parents' guide for Super Troopers 2 is under sex and nudity, partially naked women, 
topless and rear nudity only, fully nude men, genitalia, topless, and rear. Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely in uh, that movie. And then men are told they will meet an exotic, beautiful woman who will pleasure them. Yeah, I don't remember that movie too well, though, so I probably never would have guessed it. Those are, and like once I saw that there were only two in there, I'm like, I can't do that. I, like, I'll have to do the first one. <laughs> but yeah, like there's there's a bunch of like violence and gores moderate, profanity severe, drugs and alcohol are moderate, and frightening and intense seeds are mild. But there's nothing in there for them. Fair enough. Oh, all right. So now we will finally get to. Oh, wait. First, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> So uh, now, Good Omens, uh, episode four, which is called, what's it called? A Nice Saturday Morning or something like that? Probably. Yeah, something like that. So, which is based on the, or the title comes from the movie that uh, Crowley watches at one point. But, uh, okay, so this episode uh, begins sort of where we left off, um... Uh, Aziraphale is trying to contact God because basically he doesn't want the world to end. He, you know, he's, you know, both sure. him and Crowley are, are totally against this, obviously. Yeah, they like, they love uh, the Earth. No one else seems to share that opinion. Both hell and heaven are ramping up to go and fight the glorious war to determine, after all, who is the Yeah, and they want to, they just want everyone to be left alone. I mean, even Crowley at one point... Uh, tries to pray to God and says, you know, I know you said you'd test them and all this stuff, but don't test them this much. Don't test them to destruction. You know, he's kind of pleading out for humanity here. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, I forget his name. The guy who plays uh, Gabriel, John Ham. John yeah, Hamm? John Hamm, yep. Yeah, he, I, I love his performance as Gabriel. He's just, like, so gung-ho, like the perfect, like, Type A, like CEO type. He's like, oh no, we have to go fight the war. They keep heckling, uh, you know, Aziraphale <laughs> about his missing flaming sword. Yeah. Yeah, he mentions that. He's like, oh, you were issued a flaming sword. Uh, you know, you still got that? Yeah, I, I love it. And then, and then uh, we have to, of course, mention at the beginning uh, it's a really interesting scene. It's a cruise ship that kind of like washes ashore, and they wash ashore of the uh, lost continent of Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. Because, um, uh, Anathema device has um, has given him those magazines in the previous episode uh, with stuff about Atlantis, Tibetan yeah. people that can you know see you like all this kind of crazy stuff. And when he sleeps at night, you know these voices whisper to him, make it real, make it happen, you know, kind of stuff. And so you know we saw that at the end of the last episode with the nuclear reactor, and then in this episode. Uh, like you said, it begins with a cruise ship finding Atlantis and Atlanteans and them coming aboard the cruise ship and, and mingling with the other people. Yeah, it, it's a really it's a really fun scene. But yeah, it's just like at the same time, it's like, oh, no, Adam's uh, thoughts are becoming manifest at this point. Yeah. And uh, and he takes a real turn in this, in this uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> episode. But um, so after that, uh, you know. Uh, Aziraphale is trying to contact people. Um, you know, he he's jogging and he's jogging with with John Ham uh, Gabriel, and you know, trying to basically say, you know, hey, we could stop this, we could forestall it, and everything. And he's like, you know, we don't want to. You know, like nothing was like nothing was ever decided. They they rebelled, they got expelled, but we didn't decide anything. We need, you know, the whole point is to fight the war, 
and win it. Um, and he goes to, uh, I think it's Michael, right? Is, uh, the, the woman is Michael. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. She, she basically says, you know, Hey, you know, you're, you're, I was looking into the stuff your buddy was saying, uh, you know, I, I'm a little suspicious and she has pictures of him and, uh, Crowley together. So she's yeah, because like, remember, yeah. of course, to the audience this whole time, they've been just kind of like vouching for each other. Like, Oh yeah. We fought this big battle here. Uh, we were, you know, up against each other here as well. And like, no one's, you know, cares enough to really check that they're actually doing what they're saying, what they're saying they're doing. Yeah. And so she's, you know, she says, Hey, could he be working for the other side? And Gabriel's like, yeah, I don't think that's happening. Um, so, you know, she says, well, let's, you know, use the back channels. And Gabriel's like, Oh, there are no back channels, but obviously she does have uh back channels cause she calls hell and uh, the the couple demons that that we've seen before in the the previous episodes, I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but she talks to she talks to them, and you know they're they're basically like, hey, you know, y- your boy might be playing for the other side, kind of thing, and you know he's not, he's doing his own he's doing his own thing, he's you know with this angel and stuff. So they get. Um, you know, they get word that, that he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing and they kind of start checking up on him too. Um, yeah. And then, oh, of course we get to meet the other two of the uh, horsemen this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of pest, I heard in the book, they actually had quite a few different horsemen. Um, but in this one, instead of pestilence, you know, they now have pollution. Yeah. It was a person who was just by a river, just polluting everything. And then we have our delivery man who's uh, delivering the, a crown to pollution. And then right after that, we meet the uh, fourth horseman uh, as a callback to Super Troopers, is voiced by Brian Cox. Yep, exactly. And he just kills the delivery man and says, ah, you're just beating the rush. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so funny, too, because, you know, in the Bible, death is the only horseman that's actually named um, in the book of Revelation anyway. And um, so I knew that the one was going to be death. And then, you know, of course, he writes the note to his wife saying that he loves her because, you know, he looks at the paper and it must, you know, it must say, hey, now you got to take this to death. So he knows right. he's got to die to meet him. Right. And um, it, it seems like it's so weird because at first he seemed it seems like he's human. But then, you know, at this point, obviously, it seems like he's a minion of of hell, you know, because it almost sure. seems like maybe he doesn't know exactly what he's doing. But, uh, you know, once he meets death, you know, he calls him sir and like all this stuff. It seems like he maybe he he married a human woman like he was basically said, hey, you're the delivery man. Live on Earth for the next four thousand years or five thousand years or whatever it is. And then when it's time to for Armageddon to happen, you'll be the one delivering all this stuff to to these people. Um, Because he says at one point, too, he's like, yeah, the order was placed, you know, 6,000 years ago or whatever. And she's like, well, that's clearly got to be a joke. And he's like, well, the company's only been around 80 years, but uh, I saw the paperwork. So, (laughs) But yeah, so he tells Death, you know, it's time to uh, what what he delivers to him is a message that uh, make them see or let them see or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And uh, he's like, he basically explains, you know, it's time. It's time for us to ride and, you know, Armageddon to happen. And they call the ambassador to uh, the place in the Middle East where it's supposed to, you know, Armageddon's supposed to start and everything. Uh, He talks to this group of guys, three guys that all look exactly the same to me. Um, 
they're all like dressed the same, same hairstyle, all this stuff. And they're like a dance troupe. That's what, that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> but they're like, yeah, we, um, what did they say? Their name was supposed to be, um, the, uh, like the something fury or something like that. And, uh, they're like, well, we think that's a mouthful. So we shortened it to, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the fury force or something. (laughs) And they're talking about avocados and stuff. And he's like, you know, that's a a big avocado or whatever, like instead of Armageddon. And, uh, he's like, Oh, I, you know, I hate jokes and he burns them up. And then uh, he does the same thing to the second guy, and then the third guy is obviously very nervous, and he's basically <laughs> just going through the the they're like party planners. He's going through the list of of things that are going to happen for Armageddon to take place. Right. So we get another look at um, that guy from Parks and Recreation, Nick Hofferman. Um, you know, he comes in, his wife's there, uh, his son Warlock is there. Right. Right. <laughs> and. The Who, guy, of course, everyone uh, except for Crowley and Aziraphale think is the Antichrist. Yeah, and um, he's uh, you know he's like, oh, you smell like poo, and he just like, the demon like laughs and everything, and and um, and he's kind of looking around, and he's like, you know, oh, do you hear voices and all this stuff and everything? And he's like, where's the dog? You know, where's your dog? And, and at this point is when he finally kind of gets it that this is not the right kid, right? Um, so. Then we go from there, uh, Aziraphale and Crawley. Crawley makes one last-ditch effort uh, to try to get him to run away with him, basically. He's like, hey, we can go to Alpha Centauri. We can go to, uh, you know, there's lots of planets out there that we could, uh, you know, run away to and just, you know, be away from all this stuff. And Aziraphale doesn't want to do it. He wants to to stay and um, and try to try to prevent this, basically. Um right. And uh, so then Crowley goes back and we see what he what he wanted the holy water for, not to kill himself or anything, but as defense. Right. And I think it's funny, too, how he, he sets it up. He takes it out of its container. He puts it on a, in a bucket over the door when they come in there like it's a home alone trap. Or something <laughs> right. Like that. But the one guy opens the, the thing and, and it does fall on him and, and completely destroys him. And then he's got a spray bottle that he claims also has holy water in it, but a drop hits his skin and doesn't do anything to him. So, you know, his, his demon nemesis there knows that it's, uh, it's not, uh, it's just regular water. Um, and then he dematerializes sort of, I guess, or, or whatever. Yeah, they, they kind of like turn into electricity or something and go to the phone system. Yeah. And he follows him. And then, uh, you know, his, his full plan is finally revealed as he comes out of his antique answering machine. And then the guy tries to follow him through the answering machine, but he gets trapped on the tape because, uh, cause right. Crowley, uh, you know, like disconnected it or whatever. Yeah. Which was really fun to see. The whole scene was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we see, um, the uh, descendant of Pulsifer. Um, yep. he meets up with the descendant of uh, Agnes, the, uh, the witch, the witch finder. And they kind of, uh, they really hit it off. Uh, the, 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 the yeah. tower on them is having like a tornado, which is like unheard of for that part of, uh, the, you know, the country, especially when it has perfect weather for the perfect season at all times. Right. And she reads a card that basically says he's going to lose his virginity to her. And so, yep. Which is suspiciously in his handwriting. Yeah. 
Although I, th- I, I think actually she's memorized all the cards, so that wouldn't really work. Yeah, and she's, you know, she kind of, when he first comes in, she, he's like, well, what else do these prophecies say? And she's like, oh, just some stuff about us. <laughs> you know, just some crazy stuff. But, um, yeah, so they do end up having sex uh, under the bed and everything. Um, Michael McKeon's character, it's kind of fun how it cuts back and forth because he's like, oh, who knows what, what uh, they could be doing to him now. And then cut back to, uh, you know, right. him, him like, having <laughs> sex and stuff. So it's kind of it's like a wacky moment in what's what's mostly a, a pretty like kind of straightforward, like dry, dark comedy. It's sort of yeah, like yeah. a wacky part in that. Yeah, um, there's definitely like fun, like kind of British humor type moments. Yeah. But he's uh, he's gonna gear up to to go to uh, Pulsiver's rescue, basically, and in Thaddenfield, where uh, you know where where Agnes has correctly predicted that the world will end. Right. And she, and uh, Pulsiver is the one that figures it out too, who it is, because she's reading the card, and he's like, it talks about the hog's back and uh, the young one and and stuff like that, or Adams. You know something, and he's like, "Oh, yeah. Adam Young, he lives at Hogback Lane." She's right. like, "Oh, it can't be that." You know, it can't be that. He's such a sweet boy, and like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're in there, uh, you know, before, like, right before this, and um, they're like, oh, you know, his little buddies are like, "We're gonna go home," and he's like, "No, don't go." And then you know, he says, "You know, well, go. I'll see you later." And they're allowed to leave, and. You know, they're talking about him and basically saying, you know, he's kind of he's kind of odd. He's always been kind of odd, but it's like worse now. And, you know, I was really afraid that I wouldn't be able to leave. And then he's there in the in the woods with them and compels them, you know, basically says, come with me, you know, and everything. And he starts like all this weather stuff's going on. He's making all this Armageddon stuff happen. And he starts, you know, like rising up and, and floating. And, and he basically tells him, you know, you're, I'll make you new parents. I'll make new people. We're going to remake the whole world kind of thing. Um, you know, and I'll protect you. You'll be here protected with me. And, and like, it lends me to believe a little bit. And I don't know if I'm on the right track or not. Cause I haven't finished it. I'm just up to number four, but like I've always kind of thought like, yeah, Armageddon, that's going to be the end of the, the, it's not going to be a happy ending. You know, this is going to happen kind of thing. Yeah, the, although uh, technically the word Armageddon, wait, no, I'm thinking of apocalypse. The word apocalypse just means like great change. So mm-hmm. really Adam's perfectly in line with that or revelation maybe. Yeah. But, um, but I'm, I'm starting to think now because the way he's talking about remaking stuff and everything, I'm starting to think that maybe, What's going to happen is, I don't know if I'm on the right track or not, but what's going to happen is, is that, you know, he's going to wipe out everything, obviously, but just start everything over fresh, like start the whole cycle over again. That's, that's where it seems to be hinting. And I guess that would be a kind of happy-ish ending, at least for Aziraphale and, and uh, Crowley, who could stay there uh, if that was the case. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the other thing that happens is, is Michael McKeon's character, the, you know, the Sergeant, uh, witch finder, he goes to Aziraphale's bookshop because he wants to get money to go to Thaddenfield and he kind of peeks in and sees, um, sees Aziraphale contacting God. And this is another thing. One of the things I like about this is I don't think, uh, although I guess I'm speaking out of school, but I don't think 
that Neil Gaiman is super religious necessarily. Um, I don't know exactly what his belief system is, but one thing that I appreciate uh, being someone that has studied, you know, different religious books and stuff and has my own like weird, most people don't like most people don't believe the stuff I believe necessarily uh, religious wise. Um, But uh, um, having read a lot of the stuff, one thing I appreciate is how accurate uh, they get stuff like names and and things like that. Um, And so he tries to contact God and he gets the Metatron which is, you know, the traditional voice of God. So, you know, he's like, yeah, I, I really need to just speak to God, though. And he's like, you know, he's like, it's like being on hold with a really, like with Comcast or something, with someone really unhelpful. Right, right. Yeah, I need your supervisor. <laughs> yeah, where it's like, you know, anything that's said to me is said to God. Anything I say is from God's mouth, you know, kind of thing. And he's finally like, okay, well, let's, you know, Let's, um, you know, like be basically reiterates, you know, how do we stop Armageddon? You know, how do we stop, you know, all this stuff? And, you know, he's like, oh, the point of it isn't to stop it. The point of it is to, you know, to do it and win the war and and all this stuff. Everyone's on the same page, but uh, but him and Crowley, basically. Um, And so he's like, oh, you know, he's like, well, we'll leave the we'll leave the thing open for you. We'll leave the door open for you to come up, you know, to not be on earth when all this crap's happening. And he's like, okay, you know, and then Michael McKeon bursts in and is like, you're a witch, you know, I like I, cause he saw all this stuff and he's like, uh, incorrectly assumes that he's some sort of demon or voice of, or, you know, like evil entity. So he's going to use the bell, the book and the candle to exercise him. And Aziraphale's trying to stop him and everything. And, you know, he, he rings the bell, picks up a book, and uh, lights a lighter. You know, he's like, good enough for a candle. And Zerfell's right. like, whatever you do, just don't step in to the circle. You know, and he's trying to keep him out of the circle, and Michael McKeon keeps backing him up. And then he looks down and sees he's in the circle, and it's just like, oh, fuck. And then he dematerializes uh, to heaven. And that is, you know, those two things happening kind of simultaneously. What happens to uh, Aziraphale? And what Adam's doing in kind of bringing about all the Armageddon stuff—that's how the episode ends. Right. I was. Yeah. I liked this episode a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on, but I really enjoy it. Um, I still, the, I, for me, so far the strongest episode is one before. The intro is just so fun when they're going through history and stuff. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, but yeah, I, I like this one a lot too. It's a really, I, I really enjoy this. It's a. It's just a really good series. I'm really into it. Uh, and I cannot wait to finish it. There's two episodes left. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see to see what happens. And, you know, like all the characters, there's a lot of characters in here, but you really get, they do a really good job of giving you, especially Aziraphale and Crowley, obviously, but even, you know, some of the side characters, they do a really good job of, of, of developing character and and kind of emotionally bonding with the audience and everything so that you do care about, you know, like even if it's a quote unquote happy ending where everything gets remade, you know, I still worry about what happens with, uh, you know, uh, uh, Athemia device and uh, Pulsiver and, you know, some of these other people because, you know, you, you kind of, you know, care about them. Obviously not as much as you do about Crowley and, and Aziraphale, but... Um, but yeah, it's I like the fact that they're able to develop so many characters in a, a short amount of time. 
Yeah, I like that. Uh, I feel like um, I know it's a limited series, and I like that part to begin with. But I, I don't think they're rushing anything. They're just perfect, like perfect, you know, length of storytelling for this. Yeah, the pace and the narrative drive of this of this show is really good. Really good pace. Like obviously things are are gearing up. There's more ha- there's more happening now. Obviously the the narrative thrust is a lot faster and everything, but that's, you know, we're getting to the climax. So, you know, all that makes sense, but I yeah, I really like the pacing of everything going on in the show. So, you know, if you haven't checked it out um again, you're a madman, but uh um, you know, definitely check it out on uh, on Amazon Prime and we got a couple more weeks uh to to do this, and I'm I'm absolutely looking forward to it. Yeah, it's 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 very good. So that is our episode for today. A uh, long one today, but uh, but worth it, you know. I think anyway. Um, so uh, you know, do all the stuff. Uh, tell people about the show. Uh, tell them to download it Monday or whatever the hell you people are doing. Review on uh, Apple. Uh, I guess that's a big deal. Yeah, right? yeah. Do some reviews on Apple. That's cool. Um, you know, add us wherever, just look up Massive Late Fee, you'll find, uh, you'll find every place that we are. I mean, presumably you have, cause you're listening to this, but if you want to reach out on Twitter at Massive Late Fee, at, uh, Late Fee Mike, um, you know, if you want to do anything with Retro Late Fee, cause we never can talk about that on Retro Late Fee since we're, you know, quote unquote in 1994, um, at Retro underscore Carol. I assume it'll be at late fee Carol soon, (laughs) 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 but for now it's uh, at uh, retro underscore Carol Um, and uh, at retro underscore late fee is our uh, Twitter handle too for retro late fee. So you can check out some stuff there as well. Uh, But that is our episode for today. We will see you next week. Bye later.